Petersfield's Shine Radio. Hello dog lovers and welcome to Dogs With Jobs. I'm Kate Fairweather and it's great to have you with me. Not least because today's episode is a real bumper edition. I've got three interviews for you, all quite short, but all very, very interesting, which I recorded at the English National Sheepdog Trial last month. I'd just been on holiday in Yorkshire for a few days. I was driving back down home and uh, on the day I was driving home, I just happened to know that the sheepdog trials were going on. So I dropped in. It was day one of the three-day sheepdog trials and I went and sat under a very wet and blowy stand uh, watching the, the, the trials take place in this field in front of us and uh, I had some wonderful conversations. It was so friendly and everyone I spoke to was so articulate and so into their subject. And that's how I've ended up with three wonderful interviews this week and the star dog that I was talking to, who is rather appropriately called Diva. So enjoy. (laughs) Right, I'm with Stuart Walton and we are sitting under the stand of the National English Sheepdog Trials, which is the uh, national championship for the competitive herding of sheep. Stuart, what are we watching? Because we're, we're sitting under the stand, and just to give you a sense, it's not a flat field. It's an undulating field, isn't it? It's an undulating field, which gives it a lot more character and a lot more problems, because uh, it isn't straightforward. It's... Uh, <laughs> As I think you'll agree, the sheep are making it testing as well. <laughs> yeah, I think I'm watching my fourth at the moment. Right. And we've had at least two retirements and yeah. one disqualification. And that is because it's complicated. So broadly, we've got an undulating field. We've got sheep on one side, as far as the eye can see in the fields. And we're kind of right in the middle of a couple of uh, wind turbine areas as well. It looks to me as though it's coming a little bit close to reproducing working circumstances yeah, it's it's all set up to be a, a simulation of work real work so we start off with a gather in the field which is the outrun and the lift and then um, we pointed for the fetch so it's going to be a straight fetch and we've got to get them through a set of gates and then on this course we have to turn them round the back of us and move on to the right where again we've got to drive them away but it's all in straight lines so we've got to drive them away in a straight line towards another set of gates and then got to turn as tight as possible, almost at a right angle, to go across the field through another set of gates, and then back into what we call the shedding ring. And we've got to take two of the sheep off the five. Now there's two marked sheep and three unmarked sheep. So the first time we've got to take two of the unmarked sheep away, and then proceed to the pen, which is a, a pen there, which is probably about eight feet square, and we've got to get them all in there and then when that's completed we've got to take them back to the shedding ring and we've got to take one of the two collared sheep off and that's it, easy. (laughs) It's very windy today isn't it? (laughs) I'm guessing uh, this is probably more representative of real life isn't it? I was expecting to be sitting in the sunshine on my way down from holiday. Everybody's in the green (laughs) waterproofs. So the outrun is the first bit, that basically is 
the dog running up the hill to find the sheep. And then you describe it as the lift. What's the lift? The lift is it's a difficult part to judge and it's a difficult part to explain, but it's the way that the dog takes control of the sheep. It's the first contact on the sheep. So that has to be smooth and straight. And again, it's just to show that you've got control even from a distance. And although, Will, you you were explaining earlier that in real life you might be sending your dog massively further than the very... Two or three times further than this sometimes in in a working situation. So you can't see it and you'll see the way this feels set out. The dog, if it goes left or right, you lose lose sight of your dog. And at the very top of the field, it's like 400 metres, so we can see very little of the dog. uh, So does that mean you're relying on your dog to work independently at that point? Yeah, we're relying on the training that we've done over the years beforehand to make sure that that dog can do the job properly. And Stuart, I know that you've been a winner at this in the past with your dogs. How much training do you do for these trials? It's hard to explain really. The training for a work dog and a, and a, a trials dog is exactly the same. It, a lot of it depends on the capability of the dog, but training never stops. You know, even you'll see some of these dogs out this weekend. Some I've seen, I think there's one 12 year old in it. Oh, wow. That's but, but older it, than I thought. But it will still have to go and be trained to get it, to get it so it's at its peak, even after 12 years of experience. Because I guess training to understand the commands is a tiny component of what these dogs are doing, isn't it? Yeah, because um, I train a lot of dogs. I train a lot of dogs for other people. I train some of my own, you know, all my own dogs. But I was only explaining the other day that the, the teaching them of left, right, stop, go, etc. is probably only about 10, 15% of it. A lot of it's teaching the dog how to work sheep. And, you know, if you watch closely, you know, these dogs know what distance to be off to the sheep, how to handle the sheep, how much pressure to put on the sheep. And, you know, the, 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 the handler, the shepherd, isn't telling it that. It, that's what the dog's doing on its own. And we're looking at one now, and it's incredibly alert the whole time, looking at the sheep and the handler. Yeah, um, again, it, it's, it's concentrating. It's, um, it, it has to keep contact with its sheep to be able to control them. Now, something you said earlier, we saw somebody disqualified uh, with his dog because the dog bit a sheep. Um, that's obviously disqualification in a field championship situation. Yeah. What about in real life? In, in real life, you know, we, we sometimes need that. You know, especially if you're farming. Uh, my dogs, previous to what I do now, because like I said, I, I train dogs mainly now, but um, previously when I was farming, farm manager, we had cattle and sheep. So... Your dog has to have the intelligence to know the difference between cows and sheep, work in different ways, and again, you're relying on its, its instinct and its, um, its knowledge of how to move things. And sometimes, <laughs> unfortunately, they do have to use the teeth, because, as you saw earlier as well, some of these sheep can be quite aggressive as well as uh, as well as the dogs being aggressive. Yeah. So you'd add courage to one of the qualities needed in yeah. these sheepdog. Oh, they've got to have courage. They've got to have courage. They've got to, um, you know, I had a dog years ago and when, when things got tough you could almost see him smile because he enjoyed it, you know, and, and, you know, they have to enjoy it. 
you know, you can see these dogs, none of them are, are saying, no, I'm not going, I don't enjoy it anymore. They thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy the working, you know, because that's again what we've bred them for, for centuries now. We've, we've bred them for working, um, selectively bred them, we've, you know, way before my time, you know, they were, they were, they were selectively breeding these animals to be the best they possibly can. And I suppose realistically, when you look at it, there are still a lot of herding breeds around, but there's only one main breed, which is the Border Collie. Yeah, it's true. And you can really see the need for speed. Now I'm looking at this situation in front of us where they need, they've got a lot of... Yeah, speed speed's one thing, but also too much haste can, you know, yeah. can cost you, cost you time as well. It's, it's been under control, that's the main thing, it's been under control and then you can manage things a lot easier. And you'll also see sometimes, like the one we saw earlier on where the sheep actually ran the dog up the field, mm. the, the sheep worked out could, they could boss the dog, um, but if the dog shows its authority and it doesn't have to bite to show its authority, you know, they've got a tremendous high, you know, what they call eye and stare and, and you know, a dog that works positive, they call it eye, you know, it's eye. When, when a dog has eye, it's staring, it's concentrating on its job yeah. and, you know, just by that, they can move sheep usually. You know, very psychological then. Very psychological, yeah. <laughs> so. Thanks so much, Stuart. No problem. <laughs> right, I'm with Cathy Cassie and your gorgeous colleague, Diva, who you say is well-named. Is she well-named? She is, yes. Yeah, she's a feisty little madam at times. <laughs> but she's a lovely dog to work. She's very, very responsive and very fast. So, How long have you been together? I've had her since she was a puppy, and she's now five years old. Okay, so that's a lot of working experience. Yes, and since I've moved to Cumbria, shepherding on a big flock in Cumbria, she's really gained from that experience at work. Previously, I worked on sheep that were actually quite easy for her because um, they were quite light, which means that they run freely away from the dog. And the flock that I work on now challenges the dogs a lot more. They can be quite stroppy with the dogs, and the dogs need to learn how to face up to them and how to control them. And when the ewes have got lambs in particular, they want to protect their lambs, so they will stamp at the dogs, and the dogs have to be brave enough to be able to cope in that situation. So courage is quite a key attribute that you would look for in a dog absolutely it's really important at work really important and do you have diva only or do you work other dogs with her no i currently have eight in my care of which i own seven um i don't usually take dogs on for other people but i've got a son of one of my other working dogs with me at the moment and he's gaining some work experience so yeah eight in total at the moment wow and you've brought diva to actually compete so this is a competitive version I guess against the clock and with a bunch of points of your daily work. Yes it is and I've been a shepherd all my working life and I didn't start trialling until about eight years ago perhaps nine years ago um, and I always thought it was a little bit too namby-pamby I didn't really understand um, and I have to say that since I started trialling my, tra my dogs have been trained to a so much higher level and that saves me so much time at work because these dogs can do things that my previous standard working dogs weren't capable of doing. So where, where is that difference? Where, where do you see it day to day? Um, I see it particularly when we come to the shedding element of the trial. So that's where the dog has to split the sheep into two groups or to split one sheep off from a group. And when the dogs are taught to do that, when you then apply that in a work situation, it means that you can pull perhaps a lame sheep out of the flock 
that needs treating without having to gather up 400 sheep and put them in a pen. I now have dogs that can select that sheep working in teamwork with me. They can bring that sheep out of the flock and they can hold it somewhere where I can catch it and then I can treat it. And that is such a skill for the dogs. And it is so useful for the shepherd because it saves so much time. That's like precise work, isn't it, from the dog? It is very precise work and they have to be very controlled and they really do have to understand, first of all, what you want and they have to respond to their commands very accurately. So you're using universal commands? I'm using a set of whistle commands mainly. Um, The younger dogs are started on voice commands, which are the same for most trainers, apart from the Welsh, who often train in their own native language. Um, And then each shepherd tends to have their own unique set of whistles. So I have my own set of whistles, but I've also bought in two dogs that already had whistle commands. And I have had to learn two more whistle languages for those two dogs. So I now have three whistle languages. And is the whistle for work over distance? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah. And it also means that um, you can work more than one dog at the same time using separate whistles. So the dogs can be worked independently of each other by using one set of whistles for one dog and one set of whistles for another dog and using those two dogs to do a job at the same time, but not doing the same movement or function at the same time. Okay, so that it might be a bit like speaking to one dog in French and the other in Dutch. Yes, absolutely. So there's quite a lot of complexity going on because you're on the move, aren't you? And the sheep are on the move and the dogs are on the move. So Diva must need to be very alert and on the ball, is she? Yeah, and that's one of the things I like about her as an individual because she is so responsive and she's so in tune with me, which is a lovely thing to have when you're working with them, especially at distance. Could you tell when she was a puppy that she was going to have talent? She's from a very, very good bloodline, um, so the breeding is all there behind her. Um, And when I first took her to show her sheep when she was a pup, she was very keen, almost over-keen, and wanted to run around and get quite excited with it all. Um, But that's actually what we look for in a sheepdog puppy. We need to have that working instinct in the first place, and we need to keep the dogs tuned in to the sheep as they sort of grow through their adolescence. And then they're ready to start their proper training, usually when they're about 12 months old. But up to that point, we will usually take a pup and let it see the sheep maybe once a month, just to make sure that that's where their focus is and they don't become focused on chasing vehicles or chasing children. And when you do take them to work, they sort of already understand what the primary goal is, even though they haven't yet got the training to be able to do the job properly. So it kind of corresponds to what pet owners might call socialisation? Socialisation and also um, what we call instinct control and impulse control, both of which are very important in the working dog. They need to have the instinct, but they need to be able to control the impulse to chase and they need to direct that into herding rather than chasing. So how hardwired in is talented herding? It does vary from dog to dog and it does vary from bloodline to bloodline Um, but in most collies you will have some working instinct and in the lines that we use for competitive sheepdog trialling and for work on the farm you'll find that that instinct is much stronger than you would see in perhaps the show line collies. Okay and what does a normal day look like for Diva? Uh, Well we start work uh, most of the year we start work at 7am we go out and we shepherd half the flock 
and that means checking around and making sure that everything is healthy um, and perhaps catching a few sheep that might need treatment. Now you said you had quite a large flock that you're working with at the moment, give me a sense of scale. There are 1,200 ewes in the flock um, and they are lambing at about 180%, so each ewe is averaging 1.8 lambs. Um, and that means that at this time of year we have the 1,200 ewes and we have an awful lot of lambs around as well. Right, because we're speaking in August, so I'm guessing they would have been lambing in April, May? We start in February. Um, Our lambing is quite spread out because we don't have a huge lambing building. We lamb some outside, we bring some inside, but we also stagger it so that we're not lambing the whole flock at the same time. So we start in February and we lamb four groups in total, finishing at the end of April. So there's all the normal pressures of lambing and I'm guessing seasonality, you'll have shearing time of year. So so what would Diva what would Diva's kind of year look like? The dogs are involved quite heavily at lambing time. The dogs that are very good at bringing a single sheep out of the flock are used more at lambing time because I'll, I'll obviously need to catch some ewes to help them and assist with the birth. Um, and then as we move into the time of year when the growing lambs are starting to need bringing in perhaps for worming treatments and things, there's a lot of work for the dogs and a lot of pushing hard on the sheep. And the same with shearing, they have to bring the whole flock in. We do them in two batches at shearing time, but that's you know, 600 ewes plus all their lambs to bring into the pens at shearing time. And we have a contracting gang of three shearers that come and do that. Uh, I can shear myself, but I'm not going to start on 1,200. Um, And then as the year goes on, we've now just this last week finished weaning all the lambs. So we had a very busy week last week, and the ewes and the lambs are now separated. And we'll be weighing lambs every week because they do all go to the supermarket. Um, And the ewes now will have time to recover from rearing their lambs, and we will be working to get the ewes in tip-top condition for the coming breeding season. So no respite really for the dogs, they're really working pretty much all the year round? Oh very much so and almost daily. Anything distinctive about Diva? She has one blue eye, she's a short-coated collie and that's actually quite fashionable in the sheepdog world at the moment, people have a preference for the short-coated type. So there is fashion in the sheepdog world? Oh yeah, definitely. I would have thought it was all about function. A lot of it is about function, but what we have got is certain bloodlines that carry the short coat that have been proven as very effective workers and very successful on the trials circuit. And that does follow through as a fashion when people are choosing their next dog. What am I forgetting to ask you that's interesting that I should be asking you about your dog? One of the things would be that I've said that they start their training at about 12 months. And I would say this is very, very kind of general but you start your dog at 12 months. By two years old, you sort of know what you've got. By three years old, you can't change a lot. And by four years old, the dog is really coming into maturity. And it's the four, five, six, seven-year-old dogs that are at their prime. And they are the ones that perform best at the trials as well as at work. And how long would you expect Eva to keep working for? They do vary a bit, but most working dogs are still fully fit at eight years old. Some of them are still fully fit at 10, and occasionally you will see one fully fit at 12. But if they've had a hard working life, they will generally be starting to slow down by 10. And then, well, I have a retired one at home that's 13 who now spends her days mostly on the sofa, but occasionally she enjoys coming out to work. And I'm guessing the relationship is close as well. I mean, how how are things between you and Diva? It's an amazing bond that you cannot compare to just a pet dog. I know we all love our pet dogs, but the bond that you have when this working dog is working 800 yards a mile away 
and it is still responding and it is still wanting to work for you and it is still wanting to please you and do its job over that kind of distance they give their heart and soul to you and you cannot compare that bond to anything else which is why when they retire you have them at home absolutely you know some people do give them a retirement home elsewhere because they've got new dogs coming on um i suppose i'm a bit soft but the oldies stay with me and um i feel i owe them that kathy thank you so much thank you i'm with richard smith who is uh tell me richard so i have the great honor of being the uh junior vice president of the English section of the International Sheepdog Society. <laughs> Which sounds very important. <laughs> no, no, there's lots of people that are more important than me, but over the coming years I'll then become vice president and president of the English section. And Richard, tell me about today, because uh, I tell me how the day's gone. Well, it's going brilliantly. The sheep proving to be a little bit tricky. But the thing about dog trialling is it's the same for every competitor. So over the next three days, 150 dogs will run. So they've come from all over England, right down in Cornwall, right up to the very north of England. Each dog has qualified to be here. So open sheepdog trials are held mainly in the summer, but all year round you could find an open sheepdog trial. If that dog wins that trial, it wins six national points five for second, fourth for third and so on, one point for sixth. When it comes to national trials, entries open at the beginning of June. The highest pointed 150 dogs in the country then qualify to run at this trial, which is the national English trial. And does it start again every year? So all of those 150 dogs will always have amassed the most points of all dogs over the year? That's a really good question. So the points can be accumulated over two years. I'm thinking tennis. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So you've got, two, you've got two years to accumulate the points and then you gain again the next year, but the first years drop off. So in theory, what you're doing is, yeah, you've got the cream of the crop throughout the whole country competing at this, the national trial. 50 dogs a day. And what we do is the top five place dogs from each day will then go on to represent England at the international trial, which this year is in Southern Ireland, followed by the World Championships, which happen every fourth year. And this year it's in Northern Ireland in County Down at a place called Guildhall Estate. So this is a huge international thing, isn't it? Sheepdog trialling. Oh, huge. So the International Sheepdog Society would have 7,000 plus members and they'll be all over the world. The majority would be in the four nations, the home nations, England, Ireland, Scotland and Wales. But we'd have members in the society from all over the world, as far away as South Africa, Australia, right through the continent. Sheepdog trialling in Europe has grown in popularity. It's been there for many decades, or a few decades, but it's now growing in real popularity. So we now have what they call the Continental Championships as well. What's been striking me, as someone who knows nothing about sheep farming, is that what you've got here on the course is an approximation of what a working sheepdog would face 
while working. Absolutely. So these dogs are all trained to a very high standard. So often when I'm showing people a working dog, I would say, look, this dog knows left from right. What it doesn't, it doesn't actually. What it knows is clockwise and anti-clockwise. So if you took a dog in its very raw, natural ability, what he wants to do is he wants to get to the other side of the sheet and bring them to you. That's, that's quite natural. It takes quite a lot of training with a lot of them, but that's quite natural. The almost unnatural bit is then to teach your dog to drive the sheep away, so you're then steering them where you want to go rather than pulling them where you want to go. So the, the course consists of an outrun, which is 20 points, and that's where the dog runs right up around the edge of the field, one side or another, to get right up to the top where the sheep are. Absolutely. So the handler can choose whether he sends it left or right up the field. It's a 450-yard outrun at this trial. So he goes to the post, decides whether he's sending left or right, sets them off. The second the dog leaves the handler's feet... The clock is started and there's a 15-minute time limit. So every single one of these competitors gets just 15 minutes to do all of the tasks required. That's correct, that's correct. So off they go on their outrun. What the judges are looking for is for the dog to run out in a pear-shaped type outrun. They don't want the dog to run straight up the middle of the field and startle the sheep. What they're looking for for maximum points is the dog to take a good line on his outrun, not too wide, not too skinny, run up the field and arrive behind the sheep at 12 o'clock without having moved them. And that optimal line is a combination of efficiency and safety because if it rang straight up, it might split the sheep at the top. You're a very quick learner. That's exactly what they're (laughs) looking for. So jokingly, we we would say all this outrun's a little bit economical because the dong hadn't gone wide enough, whereas if he's gone too wide, you know, we're saying, well, the sheep aren't over there, they're up the field. So you're looking for that really nice line of an outrun. And to get 20 out of 20, the dog must stop at exactly 12 o'clock at the head of the sheep. And now we're talking points. I gather it's you drop points rather than gain points as you go along. Is that right? Everybody today walks to the post with 110 points. It's your (laughs) job to try and hang on to the points. It's the judge's job to take them away. (laughs) (laughs) And who are your judges today? So we've got two very good judges, a gentleman called Bob Watson from Devon. Bob's... Bob and his family actually are heavily involved in sheepdog trialling. Normally judges are asked to come and trial. You know, obviously they've been in the society a long time. They've done a lot of judging. You get to a certain sort of credibility. And it's a great honour, actually, to come and judge the national trial. And our second judge is a man called Mr Peter Telfer, and he's from Northumberland. Oh, so that's very far away. Yeah, and it's almost become a thing. You have one judge from the north, one judge from the south or east or west and bring them together. And the idea is, is that they both give an opinion and then those scores are pulled together. So each judge has 110 points for each trial. So you'll notice if you look at the scores, it's out of 220. And would there be much difference of opinion between the two judges? Very often. So actually, judging, it's a huge uh, conversation point all the time about the judging. So my idea of what a perfect dog trial is might be a little bit different to somebody else's. So it's about consistency, isn't it? If I'm going to judge an outrun in a certain way for run number one, then it has to be the same for right through to run number 50 today and for all 150. So if I take two points off a dog for running too wide at the bottom of the field, I must do it for every competitor. 
So you would have an optimal arc in your mind when you're looking at the outrun as a judge. If I were judging, I'd sit in the judge's seat, I'd look up at the field and i think, that's my perfect line with a deviation of a few metres either side of it. So I'm looking for perfection. I want that pear-shaped outrun arriving at the top, giving enough space behind the sheep not to startle them because it's never, it's never about worrying the sheep it's about guiding them where you want to go these sheep today is tell me about the sheep because there's a great enclosure there with lots of sheep there and it looks like fresh sheep are being taken up to the top of the hill each time and then as and when somebody retires or is disqualified there's another sheepdog that comes up and helps clear the field. Exactly. So that extra sheepdog that's down in the corner, he's helping to keep things speed thing along. We have to get through 50 runs today, 15 minutes each. And you had fog this morning, didn't you? And we had fog this morning, so we have a little bit of a delay. Normally the judges would stop for an hour and have lunch. Well, they very kindly agreed not to do that, and they've eaten their sandwiches on the go. Um, so, so, so each dog will run. Now the judges have set a standard so once you've got your five decent scores on the board if anybody falls below that fifth score we say there's a standard so if they're not doing particularly well for whatever reason the judges can ask them to retire okay. so, so you and when i'm looking up the field you've got the outrun we've just talked about in the lovely pear shape you've got the lift at the top when you're getting the sheep together and persuading them to come down the hill you've then got three sets of i'm going to call them double five guard bar gates in white and the sheep need to be driven by the dog through them in a certain direction correct so outrun lift and then it goes fetch. So the line at which the sheep come down the field is judged carefully. So imagine a, a point A where you pick them up, point B is the handler 450 yards down the field. The straighter line with as much control and consistency of movement of the sheep is really important. And that's because in the real life world, that would be quicker, faster, better, the straighter the line. More efficient. Remember, the absolute goal is to breed dogs that are aiding farming and shepherds and sheep farming. Now, the bit that really I was kind of perplexed by how complicated it looks is I'm looking out and there's a circle of markers and the sheep are being driven into that circle and then the dog is being required to separate out a couple of them and just for anyone who obviously can't see what we're looking at two of the sheep have red collars three of the sheep don't now i'm assuming that the sheep dog isn't thinking mm, that's a red collar that's no red collar how how is that working how how You're is the absolutely right so five sheep two with red collars so at the end of the drive element we call it where the sheep are driven around through these obstacles which is exactly 400 meters long so drive away cross drive through the second set of gates and back into the ring the shedding ring This shedding ring is 40 metres in diameter. Once the sheep have entered the ring, the handler can leave the post and go into the ring with the sheep and the dog. So this represents working with your dog at close quarters with sheep? Absolutely. So imagine if you're at home working on the farm and you had a poorly sheep or a lame sheep or you wanted to separate her. Your dog needs to be able to hold that one sheep away from the rest of the flock. And understand which sheep you're asking It's a real combination between handler and dog. So in the shed, we call it, what the handler is required to do is to shed two uncollared sheep from from three. 
yeah? So he needs to, there's two collared, three uncollared. He needs to shed two uncollared sheep and hold them away from the other three to the judge's satisfaction. If your dog was going to be a bit impatient and naughty, it would do it, you know, it could easily do it at that point. It's a bit of a pressure point. You're asking it to work on two sheep, leave those three. It can get a bit stressful. Watch the good guys do it. They do it brilliantly. But the man will actually work with the dog to wear the sheep, get two just to walk off and then call his dog through and hold those sheep off and demonstrate that he can do that to the judges. And I noticed that in that case, several that I've seen so far, they've held the sheep and the sheep are literally standing still within the markers, within the shedding area. Yeah, they mustn't leave that 40 metre diameter marked area. It must be done in there. I have to say, Richard, I'm, as a complete, never seen this before, <laughs> I am amazed at the precision it's, that you're asking from these dogs. These sheep actually today are quite challenging. <laughs> so yeah. You're the third person who's told me that. Yeah, so what these are quite what we call heavy sheep, yeah? So a lo- imagine a light sheep putting a dog near sheep that are quite flighty and light and they run off. These are the opposite. These have to have a dog with a little bit of grunt in him just to walk them down almost... And presumably, some of your competitors will be working sheep rather like this at home, and some won't. Exactly. Is there an advantage if you're used to the heavier sheep? Uh, I think there's definitely an advantage if the dog is used to working heavier sheep. So we talk about a dog um, that's got power. Yeah, naturally. It's not something you can put into it. It's not something you can train into it. it when you say power, power, that's not just physicality, is it? It's no, something to do with the attitude. Yeah. So we talk about very strong-eyed dogs, dogs that fixate with their eye on the sheep. They almost become a bit sticky. They'll follow, but they're just, you know, struggling just to move a little bit. Get a nice dog with a lot of power that puts his head down and just walks into them. You know, no aggression. If any aggression is shown towards any sheep, they're disqualified instantly. That's not allowed. And, of course, the trial finishes. So you shed, pen, pen the five sheep. Oh, now this is the last bit of the course. So after you've penned the five sheep in the pen, the handler or dog not allowed to touch the sheep in any way, you've got to guide them into the pen. And they come out of the pen, back into the shedding ring. Then they have to single one collared sheep. So one of the sheep, one of the two sheep that has collars on has to be singled from the other four and held to the judge's satisfaction and they're not allowed to finish until the judges shout, yes, that's okay. Whoa, no pressure then. It's one of the most difficult (laughs) things you can do with a dog is to hold one sheep away from its friends and it demonstrates real patience and top training for your dog to hold that one sheep without losing his temper. It's a tough old competition though, isn't it? It's a very tough competition and there'll be a lot of nerves. They might look like they're not, but this is the big one because if they qualify here and go to the international and they qualify at the international, then they get a chance at the Supreme Championship. And that's what everyone wants for their dogs. Exactly. Richard, thank you. That's really interesting explanation of the whole context. It's been a pleasure. Thank you very much. Well, I hope you enjoyed that. The whole thing was a complete revelation to me. I'm of that generation that can remember one man and his dog, which was a BBC show all about, you know, sheepdog trialling. I can vaguely remember it from when I was a kid. But going and seeing it, sitting on a hillside and watching the same set of tasks with the precision required done again and again by different dogs, it just amazed me, really. Because... As we found on this podcast, there are many dogs that are doing jobs that entail doing exactly what they're told, run, stop, you know, all that kind of thing in in a kind of um, 
not robotic, but in a very, very disciplined, task-oriented way. And then we have detection dogs of the kind that I'll be bringing you over the next couple of months who are going off and doing their work and the humans are following the dogs. This shepherd-sheepdog relationship is... It's, it's, it's like a beautiful dance of dog and human working together in harmony because you've got the commands and the direction being given by the shepherd to the sheepdog, but you've also got the sheepdog working stuff out for itself, going off, collecting up sheep by itself, way out of sight of the shepherd, um, and then working together to do things like separating sheep off so you can fix a leg or a hoof or whatever. And I just found the relationship, as summed up by Kathy in her interview there, was really just very moving and incredibly close. And it's almost like mind reading when you're watching these dogs working with the shepherds. There's this extraordinary attention and connection that is almost palpable and I hope it came across from those three interviews which I really loved doing and uh, it was a delightful thing so if you find yourself driving past a sign saying sheepdog trials you need to turn up that track and go and watch because it was fascinating so Thanks for being with me. Um, I love to have you along and never take it for granted. If you're enjoying the series, please do leave us a review um, and ideally a rating as well on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you work your dog or dogs or you could recommend somebody to come on the show and talk about working their dog, I'd love to hear from you. It's team at shineradio.uk. I'm going to put up various photos and some video footage of what we've been looking at today with the sheepdog trials. Until next time. I'm great to have you with me. Take care. Dogs with Jobs, presented by Kate Fairweather and produced with John Wellsman. Come on, Petersfield, let's build a band. A beat from Dragon Street and a snare from the square. A bass from Penn's Place, a gliss from Liss, and a fill from Bell Hill. Ooh! Some vocals from us locals and the Dave Gilmore of Tilmore. Only Petersfield's Shine Radio plays original music from local musicians. The Local Showcase with Mandy P is sponsored by Brickyard Studios, Petersfield's professional recording studio, rehearsal space, and PA hire. The Local Showcase, Thursday nights at 9 and always online at shineradio.uk.